My name is Mike Garlier. And I'm Steve Jones. When Steps, the Backstreet Boys and Westlife dominated the pop charts, we decided to write a script. Based on our experiences as holiday entertainers. It sat in an attic for the last 16 years. How terrible is the writing? How awful will the acting be? Only you can help us decide. This is Bad Scripts. To another exciting episode of Bad Scripts. I'm joined as normal by the effervescent Mr. Mike Garlier. Good evening, Mike. Oh, hello, my wonderful friend Steve. I can't believe what this is it, the last episode. I know. Episode Unlucky for Some number 13. Well, or lucky for some, I don't know. It, 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 depending on how much you enjoy the podcast, it could go either way. <laughs> I feel lost. I feel I, I I feel lost already. Even without finishing the episode, I still feel, I feel lost right now. Yeah, that's that's probably because you you know this has become such a a part of our lives for the last fifteen weeks or something. We've got obviously thirteen episodes, two specials under our hat. So. We've kind of got used to doing this now. What are we going to do with ourselves once this is all over? Well, I think there'll be uh, I think there'll be some more specials on the way, and and during those specials, we can talk about what our plans are. Uh, we definitely do have a plan, but right now, you and I, as it stands, have no idea how this <laughs> is actually going to end. So I don't know about you. I'm just I'm, I'm it's kind of bittersweet. I'm really eager to understand how this ends. And I know this might sound crazy considering we wrote it, and as we've said it a lot about it was so long ago. I'm actually looking forward to seeing how it ends, but also a little bit sad as well. I don't know how you're feeling. Very much the same way. And and like we, we said last episode, I thought by now I'd remember what happened, but I have not got a clue. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> it's going to be as much of a surprise to me as it is to all the listeners out there. Um, and well, I have a theory about that. I, I have a theory why you don't remember. Go on, why is that? Because this is the stuff that nightmares are made of. <laughs> is this going to be? <laughs> is this going to be the biggest damp squib that has ever happened? I don't think we'd have done it like that. If this but... is anticlimactic, if this is anticlimactic, Steve, I don't, I, I, I don't know what we're going to do. So I, I think we'll have to do something to, 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 to drum it up. Let's hope our young selves really brought it home. You, you know, when I think about those 80s movies and the 90s movies, you know, it was always the downbeat ones. And you remember, like, um, the competition-type movies. You know, you got your Rocky that, that always looked like he wasn't going to quite win, but then he pulls it back at the end. You've got your, 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 you know, a lot of sports movies where that happens. But the one thing that comes to mind is, you know, you remember Sister Act 2? You know, my family showed this film. And, the classic Sister Act 2 were they're a terrible choir all the way through and then they kind of get good and then they come out with this massive, brilliant end where it makes you want to watch it, or in this case, listen to it all over again. I'm going for the Sister Act 2 podcast right now. 
Whoopee is all I can say. Whoopee. Um, <laughs> Whoopee. <laughs> so I think the term you were thinking about there was underdog. We are the we are the perpetual underdogs. So, you know, big shout out to the uh, the underground indie post- podcast massive out there. Hope everyone's <laughs> so, I, so what you're saying is we are we we are the underdog independent podcast. Is that what you're saying there? In not so many words, because the the way things are going, I might not be able to articulate that into a, an actual sentence. But but yes, that we, is we the are gist the. Of it. Yeah, we the, we are the UIPC. That's what we are. Uh, there's no need to swear about it. <laughs> well, we've done enough of that throughout the series. So, and yeah, I've I've listened back to to the last episode because I thought that was pretty dark and we swore a lot compared to all the other episodes and I mean I, I'm not adverse to swear words I do enjoy a good swear but we f-bombed a huge amount in the last episode just suddenly in the script it arrived like a freight train just straight right through the middle of things so um I'm not quite sure well, where the pace true. of that came from yeah, well, th- well, this is true, Steve. But in the episode before, you also dropped something worse than that, which you, in the edit, beeped out, and I shall not repeat. All you hear is my reaction, and it's quickly sidelined in order to move on. So you owe quite a lot of money in that jar, my friend. <laughs> I think the term poppycock is perfectly acceptable in my book. <laughs> so, Steve, um, before we do the recap, any theories... On where you think this is going, and 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 because I think we should both share this and dis- and then say whether we're right or not. See, I, I don't know, and and I don't, I kind of don't want to guess because I want to enjoy it and engage in it, and I want to be shocked. And I think if I overthink it now, then I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get that same thrill from from finding out what what's gonna happen. So I think. Okay. Well, let me ask you a different question. Then. Okay. Go. Let me ask you a different question. In the interest of the last episode, I'm sure our listeners will remember that there was uh, there was a big fight set up in the last one. Uh, three thugs set about Robin. Uh, Dan got involved. Dan was the calming voice of it all, and uh, and Adam um, went a bit batshit crazy, and uh, and then lamented on that afterwards. Which uh, which I think normal people would do, but he really got stuck in there to this to this guy. Yeah. My question to you, Steve, is: uh, Have you ever been in a fight, and what's the what, what's the best or worst one you've ever been in? <laughs> uh, not many. There's been a couple, but not many. You know, over the years, uh, I was I was bullied at school, and and I a kid followed me home one day, and. Uh, uh, was calling me names. all the way home. Yeah, all the way home. All the way just, home. Followed yeah, me. All came the way into your living room as well. Just... He didn't come into my house, but he followed me home. But you know, let's make light of my bullying. That'll be uh, that'll be a, that'll be good <laughs> listening for everybody out there. Um, and and it, it, to the point where I literally he he grabbed me and and pushed my face and and I did the archetypal saw red. Literally, it was like the beginning of the Bond movie, you know, when, when the gun fires and you see the blood come down. It was like that red meth mist came over me. And I just leant over and cracked him on the bridge of the nose. And um, we wore proper school uniforms, ties, blazers, the whole shebang. 
his nose exploded down the front of his school shirt. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I got hauled into the, the the head's office the next day because I'd apparently unprovokingly attacked this poor boy <laughs> who'd bullied me incessantly for, for several years beforehand. Uh, but once I opened up and explained the situation, um, my, uh, my former uh, teacher um, said to me, well, well you know, uh, that violence doesn't solve anything, but I think um, the undertone of what he was saying was, was good on you. So I think that's really, I mean, it's not a very interesting or funny story, but uh, that's kind of the, the most physical scrap I've probably ever had. I mean, I did, I did have a bit of a bust up with a guy in a in a rehearsal room once who who annoyed me and uh, and was, uh, oh, yeah, was pissing, <laughs> pissing me off somewhat, um, puss, uh, and and, uh, and 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 told him not to fuck with me. Um, I think that's the only time that me and you ever had crosswords, Mike. Is it not? Wait, that was me. <laughs> I think you were in a, you were in a playful mood, and I wasn't. And uh, and you were you got a bit uh, handsy. Um, <laughs> when I say handsy, I okay, mean okay. So so um, I do remember this situation actually, Steve, because I I remember what you said, and I remember t- taking a bit of a uh, a pause and a beat and thinking. Should I indeed fuck with you at this moment in time, and what would happen? <laughs> um, so if you if you like if you remember, and I think it was um, you used to get those big cardboard tubes that was uh, you know lots of paper was wrapped around yeah. it, or you'd have linoleum, you know, you know, it was like a big big tube. Whereas yeah. if you almost like a, a didgeridoo, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I remember we were all a bit hungover. I think we were rehearsing for a Power Rangers show. Actually, we were. We and, were. Uh, and I may or may not have still been drunk at that moment in time. That doesn't sound like I remember. No, no, see, I remember that day. And I remember another cast member came up to me and said, you are absolutely steaming. If you put this cream on your head, this lotion on your head, it will help sober you up. And I said, well, okay, let's let's do it. And then she slapped this this kind of, um, well, it looked like Vaseline, but it wasn't. And she put it all over the, the, my forehead and my eyes started streaming and I started sneezing quite a lot. <laughs> and I was literally pouring. And what she'd done, in, 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 she put, put witch hazel wow. on my forehead, but not a small amount. And I mean, an amount that would kill a rhinoceros, you know? <laughs> um, but and, and I think she was probably punishing me for how I was treating you. But anyway, I was walking around with this big, big tube, this big cardboard tube, very long, maybe about eight feet long. And uh, doing the didgeridoo, and I kept walking up to you, Steve, and trying to talk to you and getting right in your ear, sticking it right up to your head and, mm. and stuff like that. And you grabbed the side of it and you threw it down, shocking me, you know, innocent <laughs> me. And you went, don't fuck with me. <laughs> and I saw that look in your eyes and that look in your face. And I went, okay, I won't. And I, and I just walked off, I walked off and then I got slapped down with witch hazel. So I do remember that. <laughs> but, what, but what you've got to remember is I was stone cold sober in a rehearsal room, just trying to get through the day. And this guy who was still drunk was just tapping me with this tube and, and in my ear. And it wasn't for like 30 seconds. It was, we were, must've been a good half an hour in at that point. So I think that's when finally it broke inside me. <laughs> and then just be thankful that it didn't end up inserted into you somewhere. And that was, uh, 
<laughs> no, that but I, I mean, I've always managed to keep it together. I think one of the earliest fights I remember, and uh, I, you know, I'm a northerner. I came from, you know, from from the northern part of England. Uh, you know, many different places. Uh, not that my accent would give it away, but we first moved to this small, tiny village, and I remember my first day being at school. I was a, I was roughly about thirteen or fourteen years old. That was your first we day were, at school. You know, wow, that explains a lot. Yeah, it was. Yeah, um, <laughs> thank you. Um, I was brought up on um, on terrestrial television which was only four channels back then and i uh, think that i did a pretty good job of um of learning to write with a blackboard uh, no i don't know where i'm going with that um, <laughs> and some chalk <laughs> anyway so that's all right you're just giving your age away now you're yeah, writing and, on your slate no i wrote on an abacus um how do you so do that my first exactly <laughs> exactly it's a beautiful mind it's a beautiful mind but I remember my first day at this school that we moved to, and I'd grown up in uh, in this quite close off close and and stuff. And we went to this, we went to a high school, and we were like eleven. Then we moved to uh, you know, this different, this very tiny village, and everyone knew each other. And I was literally the smallest kid in my class. I was very, very, very short compared to everybody else, even despite the fact that I'd already been to high school. And then I went to a middle school and I remember sitting down at the table and meeting this, this kid next to this guy. And he introduced himself as wanker, which I thought was his name. And I went, okay. And the teacher, you know, she she was like, meet, you know, meet us. And, and my sister and me were there. And then he said, uh, my name's Wanker. So I called him Wanker the entire day. <laughs> that, turned out I misheard what he actually said. His name wasn't really Wanker at all. I just heard Wanker and called him Wanker. <laughs> what was his and name? And he beat the living bejesus. It, it, well, his, na- his nickname was Wada, right? But right. because he had such a broad Yorkshire accent, I heard wanker, which I think is an honest mistake. And <laughs> called uh, wanker. We... Who calls the kid wanker? <laughs> well, I don't know. That's, that's what I was trying to be polite and you know, like, hey, wanker, can I get can I get the pens? Wanker, you coming for lunch? Can wanker, I have the point, what are you doing? Wanker, what are you doing after school today? So I, I was, I I was very know. innocent. I never thought. I never thought anything of it. Anyway, um, as part of our route home from school, we used to go through this police station and uh, there was these nice gardens, you know, and um, yeah, he came up behind me and, uh, and forced me to the ground very quickly, actually, and beat the living bejesus out of me. And ever since then, ever since then, I've always repeated the name when someone's told me to make sure I get it right, lest I call someone a wanker for a full day without meaning to. <laughs> And let that be a lesson to everybody out there. Don't call somebody a wanker, <laughs> even if you think that's what you heard. <laughs> so, Wada, if you're out there, I'm sorry. <laughs> Remember, kids, don't be a Wada. Right. <laughs> I think we we kind of we have to be um, quite succinct with this and get into the thing, because this could be... Um, a very important episode. We want to get into the meat and the bones of it. So let's have a really, really quick recap and see where we are. So let's start off with the softer side of things. Um, we've had um, the barbecue. That kind of came to nothing. We don't quite know what that was about with the, the dodgy meat. That kind of happened and went away. Um, Dan suddenly became everybody's counsel. 
and was quite happy to to uh, dish out the advice and be the calming element. I disagree. I think Dan became Donna's little puppet as she meddled. But don't you, he the way he was with um with Adam, he calmed him down in the fighting situation. He held him back from going after Sam. I I felt he'd grown. You like ex, you know, unbelievably in character. He's changed. He's not the guy we knew. He's changed. Is it? Is it the relationship that's changed him? Is that what you're saying? But one <laughs> other person who's changed, Adam. My word, this guy was this guy was the knight in shining armor, um, and now he's a bit of a dickhead, as far as I can tell <laughs> from these oh, actions. Wow. So, Steve, I mean, I have, I, I have, I've recruited you to think the same way as me. Is he a dickhead, or is he just more rounded and more human? Does he redeem himself in the last few scenes? Can he redeem himself? That's the question. Yeah, is there any way back from from that kind of behaviour? Because, like we said, his anger issues. You know, I mean, nobody else saw the way he was with Kelly. Only Kelly and him witnessed the the anger there. So she knows. But then Sam saw just how angry he got. And, you know, I reflected on this. This um, hate crime, essentially, that happened when Robin was attacked, purely just for his sexuality, which, you know, we're all in complete agreement is totally abhorrent, but happens even now in our more woke times. It still happens now, and and it's a terrible thing. But... Does that still justify what he did in terms of the, the the amount of violence he dished out on this guy who was an attacker, was an aggressor, let's not forget, and ganged up with, with two other people onto Robin? There is an element that says it's not just his anger at the situation with Sam that's got to him, but at the fact that his friend was victimised and attacked in such a vicious way that's driven him to that. Is there an element of that that says, actually... He deeply cares for his friend and didn't want him hurt. Um, and his yes, but let's too. not forget the same the same thug turns on Sam, you know, and he and he he squares up to Sam as well and pushes her into a wall. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, there's there's an element of that, and we don't know Adam Adam's background. We don't know if he's been through anything in particular, um, because the thug was, you know, he did turn on Sam yeah, incidentally, exactly. And um, you know, and he, he, you know, yes, he lost his temper and. Yes, he did more than he should do. Yes, he's upset Sam. Um, but, you know, at the same time, if he hadn't have done that, what could have happened? Exactly. And and let's say nobody's perfect. Uh, as much as we, we created Adam to be this, like we said, knight at the beginning, um, it was good to see him have his flaws as well because he felt more of a person. And I felt more, although I didn't agree with his actions, I felt more in tune with him, understanding that he was flawed in the last few episodes. Well, let's see where he gets today and um, let's see how, how everything pans out. So, Steve, the question is, will we find out the fate of Camp Holidays I, in this episode? I don't know, but you know what? For the very last time, let's dive in. Exterior, the beach. It's a nice, calm, sunny day. 
Sam is sat on the sand reading a book. She's wearing a jumper and seems quite happy on her own. Adam silently walks behind her. He looks nervous as he thinks about what he's going to say. Nice day. Sam jumps up a little startled, sees it's Adam and sits back, reading her book. I didn't mean to make you jump. Sam ignores him. (sighs) Are we still friends? Sam says nothing. Talk to me! Sam makes no reaction. Adam nods his head. Okay. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to sit right there and talk. Adam sits down next to Sam. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Everything's happened so quickly. I mean, it all just spiralled out of control. I've thought about you. About me. About me and you. About what happened. I've made some stupid mistakes. I'm paying for them. Sam, I've ruined a great friendship. Adam shakes his head and begins fumbling in the sand. <laughs> I don't know what he's fumbling with. What? with. <laughs> What's he fumbling with? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Anything's possible these days. There is silence for a moment. Sam speaks without looking up. Why? Adam looks at Sam. Why did you go so mad? I mean, I understand you were protecting me, but you could have killed him. I know. If Dan hadn't stopped you, could you have stopped yourself? I don't know. You scared me. I'm still scared. I don't know if I could ever trust you not to do that again. I won't. I won't do that again. How do you know? I wasn't myself. I had a real crappy day. The whole Kelly thing and everyone seemed so keen to get involved and you being upset. I couldn't take it all. When he hurt you, I just snapped. I promise you, I could never hurt you or or anyone else again. Sam looks up and whispers. I know. I just know that being friends with you is a hell of a lot better than not. Sam smiles. I can handle friends. Yeah, me too. Adam looks out to the sea and nudges Sam softly. She moves herself and leans against him while continuing to read her book. The sun begins to set. Well, what a cop out there! (laughs) She's gone! No, I don't want to talk to you, no, I don't want to talk to you. I'm really sorry. Okay, let's be friends. She even she even calls him a madman. <laughs> She's like, you were a madman. What happened? I think she likes it. I think there's a part of her that yeah. thinks, oh, hello. I think she's she, at the moment she's wetter than an otter's pocket. That's, 
Oh no! So, <laughs> I'm, Steve, I'm so I'm trying to be really dramatic. I can't look at you, by the way. I'm having to look down no, while I'm reading the these lines. I can't. I can't do these. And it's not. And you know what? When I listen back, it sounds like we're giggling about the lines being sexual or romantic. It isn't that. It's looking at each other when we do it that makes it difficult. Do you know what I mean? I I, I can't quite express how. I, I can't look at you because as soon as you get that glint in your eye, that's it. I'm done. I can't. So let 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 let's um let's just put this into context in terms of uh, of Adam's um apology, right? So what he's really saying is he had a really crappy day. He got laid last night, smacked the shit out of someone tomorrow, and he's sorry. <laughs> you know that's really it, isn't it? I, I'm sorry. I was a crazy bastard that I slept with another woman, even though we weren't kind of together. So it was okay. But I really liked you. And yeah, then I just beat some guy up. Um, but yeah, apparently that's but how. But let's be friends. Let's just be friends. Let's be friends. And she's like, "Yeah, I'll snuggle into you as the sun goes down and carry on reading." Well, what book is she reading? Come on, let's guess. Um, what book is Sam reading? The Art of War. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, I think it's. I think it's a classic. I think it's like Wuthering Heights or oh, Mills uh, and Boone. She's on. She's, yeah, you know what? She's on. If. If it if it had been out back then, she was probably on Fifty Shades of Grey. But it I was knew you were going to say that. No, that's too cliched. No. Too ha- cliched. Harry Potter th- and the Philosopher's Stone would have been out about that. Time. Little Little Women. She's reading Little Women. She's hearing all about Joanna finding in her you know a Hindu independence. A, a Hindu independence. <laughs> this is a version I'm not. Heard, no, I know. couldn't get it out. I couldn't get it out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone at home. I'm suffering from hay fever at the moment, so I'm sorry about that. But her independence. She's reading Joanna, Little Women. That's what she's reading right now. I I want to read the version with the Hindu independence. That sounds much more so interesting. I. I tell you what, forget all of that. Let's go with Pride and Prejudice and uh, and, and Adam. He's a uh, Mister Darcy. Interior, Mark's office. All the managers are now sat in Mark's office. These include Eddie, Karen, Mark, Judy, Wayne and Alan. Alan is at the front with everyone facing him. He looks a little unstable and is unshaven. So there it is. Now you know. Board have decided to sell. They don't... They don't want any part in the resort anymore. If we don't find a buyer by January the 31st, camp holidays will be no more. It won't open next season. Selling camp holidays is the last resort, but a necessary one if there is to be any future. Karen is crying. Alan looks at her. Do you want a tissue? a question or a statement i don't know what that is in the script there is no question mark in the statement (laughs) it must be a statement do you do you want to do you want tissue do you want do you want want a tissue Uh, no i've been working here since i was old enough to scrape chewing gum off floors before that i was coming here on holiday with my dear old dad who's dead it can't close it just can't Alan walks to Karen and takes her hand. <laughs> you okay there, Mike? I'm sorry. 
saying? She's scraping chewing gum off the floor. The thing oh, is, she wasn't okay. even getting paid for that. She just did that for a bit of fun. Wait, was her dad chewing gum? Is that what she's saying? Okay. It's all right, love. We all feel the same. Go on. Let it out. Karen begins roaring very loudly. Alan is patting her hand. There, there. There, there. Wayne rolls his eyes. <sighs> For fuck's sake. Uh, does that mean we're all out of a job? Said Eddie. Unless a buyer can be found, then yes. It just hasn't worked. We had the dream, but we failed. I failed. <laughs> Don't blame yourself. <laughs> uh, what what is the what's the chance of the resort selling then? Who knows? It's not officially on the market yet. Not until the end of the season. So what happens to us? We're managers. Are we being made redundant? I'm sure some arrangements... <clears throat> Sorry? I'm sure some arrangements will be made. The board send their apologies. Oh, well, then apologies. <laughs> I feel so much better now. Is that all, Alan? That's it. Everyone back to work, then. And let's make these last few days a damn good one. We've still got a holiday resort to run. They all get up and leave. Alan stops Mark. Look, Mark. I just wanted to thank you for the loyalty you've shown. If this place does close down, you'll still have a job. <laughs> There's a position available at our lap dancing clubs. The money's a bit better. <laughs> and there's plenty to look at. Thanks, Alan. But I'll see what happens here first. I'll keep it open for you. Is is Mark going to start lap dancing? What's? Uh, well, I'm not sure what he's offering him there. <laughs> it <laughs> does seem like <laughs> come what? and work for what? me lap dancing. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not quite what sure can... what. No, 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 I think it's a really good observation. There's a position available <laughs> at our lap dancing clubs, and the money's a bit better. What is Alan uh, suggesting to... for Mark here? You have to take it in small notes, tucked into your waistband, but it's <laughs> it's better than you're on now. <laughs> And the clientele, there's plenty to look at with the clientele. So um, maybe he's got Mark a bit wrong there. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Only time will tell. So, I mean... So, there's a, again, what kind of company are we dealing with here that suddenly there's another revelation that they own lap dancing clubs? But that's not a revelation. That was in episode one. They talk about the fact that they own those and they own all these other businesses that are really successful and they're revamping Camp Holidays because it is the one that's that's not performing. They oh, remember? you're so good, Steve, to find <laughs> that connection. Yes, yes. I, I must have, It must have slipped my mind completely. Um, it, do that, they offer that, stuff discounts? That will be the lube. That will be the lube that helped it slip. <laughs> so Karen is devastated so I, by this news, yeah? Absolutely oh, devastated. Man, I cannot hold it together when you play Karen. I'm so sorry. It's, it's we need more of Karen. Um, she is hilarious. Um, I, I just, I just every time you 
she she just brings brevity to the scene i think <laughs> she she is a bit of fun isn't she and um i think she's like she's the external world's connection she's our she's our sue pollard isn't she do you know what i mean she's like our connection to the outside world the 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 trier god loves a trier um Right, right. So there we go. January the thirty first is the deadline for the for the camp to be bought. And I've just I've just looked at our next scene. It's the end of season party. We're there. It's time has come. So let's crack on and find out what happens. Interior main venue. The end of season party is now in full swing. All employees are there and it's fancy dress. Wayne is dressed as Homer Simpson. Mark is John Wayne. Judy is Marilyn Monroe. Dan is Noel Gallagher. Donna is a Hooters girl. What? Kelly is a nun. <laughs> <laughs> Robin and Pete are Frankenfurter and Rocky from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Karen is a pint of Guinness. Sam is Charlie Chaplin. Adam is James Bond. Eddie Eddie is an old lady. The remaining dancers are Hugh Hefner's Bunny Girls and Alan is a clown. Now, I'm not sure whether okay. that's whether that's his costume or just a character description. So, so for people listening, I have some slight discrepancies in my script because I also have Daisy is Tank Girl in my script. Ooh, you see, I, Daisy's not appearing in mine, so maybe just maybe there's there's going to be something missing here. Maybe we 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 made a last minute alteration and put her back in there because we've not really seen Daisy much in this. In the, the latter parts no, of the right, script, well, so maybe that's what we haven't. Yeah, we haven't really seen her at all. But um, Donna is the Hooters girl. Kelly's a nun. That 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 doing party dress against yeah. type. Yeah, 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 I think that's right. Yeah. Well, let's find out what happens then. Wayne is DJ for the night, and Eddie is doing the lighting. Mark walks to Judy and hands her a drink. You okay? Drunk. You? Yeah, it's a good party. What will you do next? Dunno. What about you? Uh, you know, I might, I might take some time off. Oh yeah? Graham's coming back. Your husband? The one and only. What happened to the cruise ship gig? It's fine. But we're not getting any younger. We want to start a family. Oh, that's great. Best of luck to the both of you. I, I just interrupt there. I thought Judy was way too old to be having kids, but apparently not. <laughs> she, she's just husky. <laughs> she's just she's a husky. Bit, she's she's a... just been on the fags, hasn't she? She's been smoking. Um, she doesn't smoke. We know that from the from the last episode. She doesn't. You know, Wayne sparked up and she didn't. She's just got that lovely smoky voice. Ah, okay. Well, we'll. we'll she's we'll a West End dancer. She is. A, she's a professional West End dancer. Okay. Peter and Robin are dancing together and having a good time. 
Dan is stood with Donna beside the dance floor. Every time I look at you, God, I just want to do things that could get me into a lot of trouble. You look so fine, baby. <laughs> Behave you. The best comes to those who wait. Oh, don't keep me late waiting too long. They kiss passionately. Donna feels something that quite literally rises. What? Oh, God. God, you're doing this to yourself as well. <laughs> Dan? What? I can't help it if the big boy wants to play. You need you need to cool down, and I have to go to the little girl's room. Can I come? <laughs> no! Donna walks away, leaving Dan to cool down. Robin approaches him. Dan looks up. I, um... I never thanked you properly. What, what for? for? For saving me from a beating. <laughs> hey, don't worry about it. Well, anyway, thanks. Robin offers his hand. Dan looks at it. Friends? Dan looks at the hand, goes to shake it and gives Robin a big hug. When they separate, Dan looks a little surprised. You're all right for a puff. Thanks. Don't mean I'm gay or nothing. Robin laughs. <laughs> so Dan, <laughs> Dan hasn't really learned anything. He's still using these, these terms. and that's, that's not the bit I pull out. I think... <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> Well, as if you know, have you ever known a situation in your life, Steve, where someone has offered you their hand and you've just stared at it for a bit, like you're like you're analysing it, like <laughs> do I want to touch it or not? It depends. <laughs> it wasn't a hand, but yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if they've got if they've got a dirty hand, you don't know whether you want to shake it. You've just seen them scratching their nuts or something. You're thinking twice about shaking that hand, aren't you? Especially if they just so. Where is this going, right? Donna Donna was so shy and so quiet. In the last episode, she literally offers Dan something more as long as he gets involved to try and fix Adam and Sam's relationship. And then in this one, Dan is then going is doing a bit of a doing a bit of a raunchy talk to her and all that kind of stuff, you know, like I'm telling you, how is this going to end with them? It's going to end with pregnancy. They're going to run off to Dubai because <laughs> they're going to make a mistake. <laughs> But is it a mistake? I mean, I think that Donna and Dan's kids would be adorable. Mm. <laughs> yeah, You're not, you don't sound convinced. <laughs> you don't sound convinced. <laughs> Moving on. Interior, girls' toilets. Sam is washing her hands at the sinks as Donna walks over. Donna begins to wash her hands also. I'm glad you made it up with Adam. Oh, me too. So you're friends again? Yeah. Think you could be any more? I don't know. What about you and Dan? Are you uh, are you going to stay together? Yeah. He's he's coming to mine over Christmas. Oh, that's great. I I think I love him. I oh, know he can be a bit 
tactless sometimes, but he makes me laugh and he, he treats me right. And he, I'm, I'm really pleased for you. We go together like Shanga Langa Langa. Honestly, is that how this is ending? <laughs> if they if they do go off in in a car that takes off and flies into the sky, we'll know we've definitely plagiarized plagiarized plagiarized. We've definitely plagiarized the. Wait, uh, are you? Script. Are we trying to say that 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 Dan is Danny from from Greece? Is that what we're trying to say? And Donna is is uh, Sandy. Is Sandy. Danny, is that what we're Sandy. saying right now? I never made that connection until now, but it sounds like that's where that's going. He was a douche, and and he's gonna he's cleaned up his act for her. Who knows? Interior main venue. Kelly walks up to Dan. And you're on Dan. Nah, not like you. No need to be rude. I'll. I'll... I wasn't being rude. Telling you to fuck off is being rude. Kelly walks off. Spots Wayne, who is tucking into the buffet. Hungry? Starved. I like a man with an appetite. Oh, yeah? Well, I've got plenty of that. Hey, you'll have to show me. Wayne looks at Kelly and puts his plate down. Is that your jeep parked outside? We leave Kelly and Wayne and go back to Dan, who is now stood with Dad. Donald looks great. Hey, don't get any ideas, mate. They both laugh. So, are you going to talk to her or what? Who? For fuck's sake, Adam. You're not that thick, so don't act it. Oh, mate, I don't want to push it. What? What's there to push? We're at the end of the season, there's no more chances. Not after tonight. I think we're just friends. It was never meant to be. <laughs> Shut up, dickwad. She's crazy about you, and you're sat here pissing around with me. <laughs> Peer pressure. <laughs> <laughs> right, be a man. Go and tell her how you feel, and shut the fuck up. And forget the whole thing. You just want to be centre of attention all the time. All right! They both laugh as Donna turns up and snogs Dan. Adam looks around the room and spots Sam on the dance floor, grooving with the bunny girls. Further down the room, Karen stumbles over to Eddie. Here, Eddie, what's up with Vlad? Eddie looks around and sees Vladimir in a full-body cast. His mouth and eyes are the only visible parts of his body. He's perched against a wall with a long straw going into a cocktail. I thought you'd heard. No, no I didn't. What, what happened? Has he had an accident? Yeah, a couple of days ago he was, he was walking the tightrope and he fell off, breaking all but three bones in his body. Oh, do, do, do you think he'll be all right? Probably. Karen walks over to Vladimir. You all right, Vlad? Vlad, who cannot turn his head, replies, No problem. (laughs) We go back over to Mark, who has just been joined by Alan. Good party? Great. Have you got the keys for your office? 
Uh, uh, yeah, of course. Mark reaches into his pocket and hands Alan the keys. Uh, not leaving so soon, I hope. No, no. Uh, just thought I'd make a phone call. Check in with the wife. All right. Alan leaves. Exterior, outside main venue. Wayne's Jeep is parked just outside the fire escape. The windows are steamed up and the van is rocking steadily from side to side. Like a really cheap version of Titanic. (laughs) (laughs) So, Kelly's like, I have run out of options here, so I'm going to shag the assistant manager. Wow. It's, it's good to see that Wayne is once again eating his food and uh, and Kelly doesn't seem very perplexed about that and, and off she goes, you know, on to the next victim. Well, let's just hope that he's wiped the ketchup off his face, chin and shirt before this scene. <laughs> Steve, we know he hasn't. He's never done it in any of the scene. He just lets it all sit there. He's not going to do it now. And I think Kelly might like that, to be honest with you. She's going to suck the ketchup out of his beard, if he has one, that is. Interior, main venue. Mark climbs the stage and signals for the music to be cut. It stops, and Mark takes the mic. Uh, Can I have everyone's uh, attention, please? Uh, Don't worry, the music will be back on shortly. But as a few of you know, it's tradition for the entertainment manager to say a few words. It's been an odd season. We've had a big change here at camp. Some things have worked and some things haven't. But I want to thank each and every one of you here tonight for your hard work, loyalty and dedication. The door opens loudly. In walks a smiling Wayne and a slightly embarrassed Kelly. Kelly wipes the corners of her mouth. Nice of you to join us, Wayne. Everybody is staring at the two. Wayne still looks smug. Anyway, thanks a lot and have a great night. Everyone claps and cheers loudly. The music resumes. Interior, Mark's office. The door swings open and Alan walks in. The room is dark and he makes his way to the desk and sits. After sitting for a few seconds, he reaches into his bag and pulls out another... pulls out a revolver. I I did for a minute when I was reading it. think, holy moly, I'm sure we didn't get that dark. Definitely not. After sitting for a few seconds, he reaches into his bag and pulls out another bottle of whiskey. He pours half a glass full and begins swigging at it. Interior, main venue. Everyone is on the dance floor except Adam, who is stood at one end of the room, and Sam, who is sat at the other. Adam is contemplating going over. He's fidgeting with his glass. Fuck it. Adam downs his entire drink, breathes deeply, and walks over to Sam. She smiles as he reaches her. Adam stutters. Sam, I just... I mean, 
I wanted to. I really... Adam stops talking and looks at the floor. He smiles. Do you want to dance? Adam looks up. Love to. Sam takes Adam by the hand and walks him to the dance floor. They find an empty space and begin dancing. The song is of a medium pace. They both keep their distance and dance a little stiffly. After What's a few seconds... Like? <laughs> well, like, describe a stiffly dance. Describe it. So, you know... Maybe no, the... no, don't show me. Describe it so people can hear it. I mean, you're doing it. Like, can you just describe it? What I was doing it? was What's doing it so that I dance? could come up with the words I want. So imagine <laughs> Peter Crouch doing his robot. That's <laughs> all I can think. <laughs> what the most did I do in a robot? Right, okay, fair that's, enough. And that's just Sam. That's not Adam. Okay, what song's playing, though? Um, it's, I don't know, it's of medium of a... pace. I'd, uh, what, what's this, what is medium pace? Or, you know, maybe it's... Um, Sweet Like Chocolate Boy or Mumbo Number no. 5 is that medium pace <laughs> yeah <laughs> so they're doing right okay so we've got that they're doing the robot to Mambo Number no. 5 stiffly yeah, that's it absolutely okay. good good after a few seconds Sam leans in close to Adam and they dance closely <laughs> to Mambo Number <no>. 5 <laughs> <laughs> Adam I think it's. Uh, I think we're. Are we going to dirty dancing now? That is Mama Number Five, but dirty dancing style. Yeah. Oh, just a little bit longer. Hey. Adam is still <laughs> very nervous and is trying to find the courage to tell her. He stops her from dancing. Sam. She stops and looks at Adam. Wait, Adam's still dressed as Bond. Do I do this in a Sean Connery esque? <laughs> Is that how Adam would do it? I would I would Sham. I would avoid doing any more Scottish accent if if possible. <laughs> Don't force yourself into Sham. it. Sham. Sham. I was thinking. Alright, okay. I was thinking. What about? Us. Being friends. Go on. I don't think I can do it. Sam steps back. Looking shocked and confused, Adam leans forward and takes her hand. I I don't understand. I'm in love with you. Sam looks shocked. Oh. It just happened. That very first night on the beach to now. If I didn't tell you, I'd probably regret it. Why? Why didn't you tell me earlier? Fear. Fear? Of rejection and losing a friend. Sam steps closer to Adam. It's a shame you didn't say something earlier. Adam looks a little disheartened. Why? Sam smiles cheekily. Because it would have saved all this hassle. Adam... Looks into Sam's eyes. He lifts his hands up and slowly takes off her bowler hat. Her hair falls into a natural position. He pulls her in and kisses her. <laughs> they kiss passionately. As they do, Adam opens his eyes, looks up and spots Dan and Donna smiling back. Dan nods 
and subtly winks at Adam. He closes his eyes and holds Sam tighter. Hey, gonna get me a bit of that. Donna and Dan kiss. Wayne sees this, as does Kelly. He looks at her and gestures for a kiss. That was worth the wait. <laughs> Sam laughs. Come on, we're going. Where to? Yes. They both leave the dance floor hand in hand. Kelly shouts after them. Oh yeah, not so little Miss Sweet now, are you? Just remember who had him first. His damaged goods! They turn around and Sam faces Kelly. Give it up, Kelly. Sam turns to leave. Yeah, go on, you fucking cow. Sam turns round and, completely out of character, swings her right fist and punches Kelly square in the face, knocking her to the floor. Everyone cheers. Adam and Sam continue walking. Adam looks amazed and they leave. Colin and Gary are behind the bar, dressed as salt and pepper pots. See, I told you, them camp coats are right weirdos. Too right, mate. Too right. Interior, Mark's office. It's still dark in the office. The only light is from the TV, which is playing. Alan is now very drunk. Alan is now watching the old Camp Holidays advertisement video. He's laughing quietly. Well, look at the time. It's eight o'clock already. Time to put the tired little tykes to bed. Alan is still laughing as the narration continues to play in the background. His laugh slowly turns into a sob, which then turns into full-blown crying fit. There's a blackout, and the last thing we hear is the narration. See you next year, here, at Camp Holidays. The end. Well, Mike, it, it's over. The last resort. And we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> we just there a is a cliffhanger. Is, it, we know that they could be a buyer, but there may not be a buyer. And so let's go over a few of these these bits before we have to wrap up because it's been a it's been a bumper one tonight, and there's been a lot go on. We've had some great conversations, but what are your thoughts on on the Sam and Adam thing then? So they've they've gone off into the distance again at the end, and it was almost a little bit of role reverse. It was a bit like Dirty Dancing. Nobody puts Adam in a corner, and and Kelly goes and gets a smack in the face from Sam. Does that have the um, impact? I, yeah, I think that I think that was the only way it could possibly go. Actually, I think if Kelly hadn't said anything, she just left it. I mean, bearing in mind she just bonked Wayne. I don't you know, think with she... food all over his. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure it went that far, but um, from the wiping the corners of her mouth, I don't think that was to get rid of the ketchup. Let's just say that. <laughs> well, just his excess saliva, maybe. I don't know. Um, but you know, she's just she's just been with it. I I don't know why she's antagonizing that. Knowing obviously Kelly has feelings for Adam, but she just can't express it properly, and um, 
I think Adam's had a bit of an easy way out. He's got what he wanted. He got the girl and Sam. Um, that's probably the first reaction we've had from Sam, where she smacks Kelly. I, I, you see, given how Kelly is, though, I think Kelly would have absolutely ripped her apart in reality. I think Kelly um, would have, you know. But I don't know. I, is I she all she mouth and no trousers? It could be one of those situations where, you know. Well, we know she's, she's... not wearing trousers most of the time, but. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, she is, or knee pads, I don't know. But um, she basically, I think she's shocked by it. And, and you know, we don't know how strong Sam is. Sam, you know, she might have a history of, of, of you know, of um, ultimate fighting champion. We, we don't know. This is the whole point. She's kept quiet, but we don't know where she comes from and what she, who these people are in their past. So she's clobbered a one and she's meant it. And, and I think she's, one, she shocked her. Because Kelly's not used to being stood up to by Sam, she's walked her all over her all year, and and two, you know, Sam could have a real right hook on her. So, who knows? This is true. My two observations, though, especially for the end of season party, is the two characters that never speak or are never re- really referred to that much is Pete and Daisy. And Daisy was so prominent in the first episode and second episode. I was a bit disappointed to not see her turn up again. Yeah, I think I think that's probably why we had her referenced in in the in this that sort of won't call it a second draft because we didn't really do that, but that why we've popped her in visually to make sure that people are aware she's still there and she's still doing things. But I think that's probably something that would have to be incorporated more into that scene if you were to rewrite it now, or you were to do a second draft. I think you would, you would bring that in. You would bring um, Vlad in more. We would have probably extended out what what went on with the meat. We still don't know what went on with the meat. Where's Bob? We don't. Is Bob and security at the door, or you know what's happening. So a few questions. I think Bob's been that. fired for his ineptitude, but also Vladimir is in a full body cast. That seems pretty dramatic and serious. It's uh, We don't quite know what happened. But again, the only words Vlad says in the entire series is, no problem. No problem. See, I That's thought, all he ever says. So I almost thought that we were going to... And I mean, I know that he's married to Natalia, but I always thought he had a moment with Karen there where, you know, there was a, there was a connection. Um, I may have read it wrong, but it just felt like it, you know, and... The, the other character missing from this entire episode who was there for the whole season from pretty much halfway right to the end, Turdsky. We didn't see Turdsky. Turdsky never has another appearance and guess who else, Steve? Go on. Moo the cow. I know. And, I, and I'm sad about that, but who knows, you know, if if... If if they do manage to stay open, then who'd who'd have thought it? Maybe Moo would maybe Moo would be centre stage the next year. We just don't I know. think we should bring back Moo the Cow and Willie the Walrus in a bit of a hybrid hybrid thing between the two of them as well. But I guess the question is, because we're now at the end of the script and we'll we'll cover some of these things off in you know in the next special that we do where we kind of unpick some of this stuff and we have a bit more time to talk about it. But it's really for the listeners is this where you saw it going? Are you? Do you feel um, satiated with the, the the climax of this particular of, of this particular series? Is there something you would have liked to have happened that you didn't see happen? Uh, are you disappointed with the way it turned out? And we would love to hear some of your vo- views, and you know. we will answer those in the next special. 
Absolutely. And so the, the, the burning question and the title of the podcast is, you know, bad script? Question mark. We want to know what you think. Like like you said, Mike, we'll, we'll do another special. And I think we can pick through the whole of the script, um, you know, and if anybody has any more questions or comments that they want to make, we'd be more than happy to include those as well. And there's another big question that, that we need to ask people is, do you want to know more? Do you want to see more? Should there be a season two of Bad Scripts of The Last Resort? Because we wrote this so long ago, we don't even know if we could write it now. If we were to write a season two, would you want to hear it? Let us know, please. You can catch us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, on the street if you see us walking around. So we really would like to hear your feedback on this. Let us know, should we do season two? Shall we write it? And we will be at your beck and call. If, if you want it to happen, if there's enough call for it, we had a little chat and we'd be up for it. So let us know what you think. Okay, don't, be, don't be needy, Steve. Pull it back a little. Sorry, Pull it back. Sorry. I'm sorry. Get carried well, away. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, that is the end of season one of Last Resort. We can't wait to hear your views and thoughts, which we'll cover in our next special next week. Until then, take care. And remember, if life gives you burgers, make sure they've got some onions. Bad Scripts was written and performed by Mike Garlier and Steve Jones, a Beach Tide production. Thank you for your call. Please leave me a message. I may call you back. Alan, this is Gary. We have a uh, mutual acquaintance, Kevin. So I should speak to you about a certain investment opportunity. Something to do with camp holidays. Anyway, call me back.